the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friends so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre and good holy Sunday morning with God. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Sunday, the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the one God forever and ever. This is the Lord, as Isaiah 45 tells us, uh, who brings light through the cloud. So let the heavens rain down righteousness. Let earth open up and salvation bear fruit. Let the heavens rain down righteousness. For I am the Lord your God. Beside me, there is no other God. I call you by your name. Let the heavens rain down righteousness. I, the Lord, have created it. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. My friends, we have Dr. Julian Dunraven with us um, on the phone. First of all, good Holy Sunday to you, Dr. Julian. How are you doing this morning? And good morning to you too, Father. I'm well. I wanna, Thank you. I want to tell you, uh, a lot of people commented, and I saw them in a conference setting actually this past week. They loved your show as well. Many messages came. Um, it, it was uh, nice, your intervention on behalf of the pro-life to make people understand um, the truth about uh, the life from conception to natural death and why we need to protect the life of an innocent, why we don't have sovereignty to make a decision on behalf of someone else's life. You know, Dr. Julian, um, um, I, I am... I I am debating between uh, the power of the resurrection of Jesus and the glory of the coming down of the Pentecost, the consolation we receive from the Holy Spirit. You know, I live my daily life uh, um, uh, as a priest, uh, hermit almost, as a priest committed to the daily prayers, my daily mass, and uh, doing the work of the Lord on a daily basis, facing challenges, yet at the same time being proactive in doing good around us. And I do get tired sometimes. My team gets tired sometimes. But nothing like... In one Sunday, last Sunday, you had 70 people being killed, being massacred, being slaughtered at the hand of Boko Haram in Nigeria, praying in the Catholic Church. Two days ago, one of our priest friends in Nigeria also was killed. Not one single bone was left off of him. 
the um, bishop who celebrated his funeral, supposedly, um, was very upset to the point that uh, it's Father Joseph Baku who I'm talking about, who was kidnapped. His brother was kidnapped. He was tortured. He was murdered. So was his brother. And they gave his body, Dr. Julian, to wide, wild animals. And so basically the burial mass happened and was offered in his honor without a corpse. And uh, in our holy readings, I was reading the reading from St. Ignatius of Antioch. He died in year 117 after Jesus Christ. You know, the Roman pagan empire at that time still, they caught him in Syria in Antioch, and they um, took him in a uh, parade almost, being jailed, being in chains, all the way to Rome to murder him in Rome, to feed him to the beast. A lot of Christians on the way wanted to do like a sieging against the military who were transporting um, the Patriarch of Antioch after St. Peter. We say he's the first or the second Patriarch of Antioch, Ignatius of Antioch. Fabulous story, wonderful story of heroism. And he knew about it. So he writes to all the Christians from city to city, from Syria all the way to Rome. He tells them, do not attack the soldiers. Do not deprive him from being swallowed up and eaten and chewed under the teeth of these beasts. I want to become the antidote of the poison of the old snake. Let my body mingle with the earth and let me in my dying body give testimony to the earth so I can purify the dirt and the dust of the earth, even the animals and the beasts, to cast out demons and to crush Satan and to declare the name of God and his victory even in the dirt of every earth. Let my blood mingle with them, he says. I know it's Sunday morning. It's um, a very heavy uh, story, but you and me have had a lot of conversations about martyrdom. Why the persecution? Why people in Nigeria have to do so silently? And bishops in the U.S. or religious leaders, when they pray, they pray for good election. They pray for, uh, you know, good principles. But not necessarily their prayer touches the reality of the misery that the Christians are suffering from. And, you know, earlier this week, a church was burned in Texas as well. A Catholic church, Our Lady of the Most Holy Rosary, um, just got burned completely all the way to the ground. Um, Dr. Julian, um, how can you heal my frustration? You're right. This is a weighty issue to talk about on a Sunday morning, but it is it's an unfortunate one. And you're right, it does cause some weariness. And to quote, well, to reference a, a old pagan thinker, Emperor Marcus Aurelius, the last of the good emperors of Rome, and I would recommend to any of your listeners, if they haven't done so already, to read his meditations, especially the translation from Gregory Hayes. It is the best I've ever seen, and it is a life-changing book, um, ultimately very compatible, I think, with Christianity. But he worried, too, about having all the pressures of the empire thrust upon him, and he had a dream in which... He had ivory shoulders, and he realized when he woke up that he had the strength, no matter how miserable it may have been, to to bear the burden that was put on him. And we do too. And it doesn't matter if it's if we're rewarded or not. It is our obligation to build the kingdom of God here or to make ourselves ready for that kingdom of God here as much as we can, regardless of what we face in the meantime. In terms of this particular problem, there are there are several, I think, factors that go into this. One, Boko Haram is an expression of Islamic fundamentalism. And Islamic fundamentalism, any fundamentalism, is, is always and everywhere a reaction to a dying ideology and a, a dying way of thinking. It is a violent response to that fading ideology, but it won't go quietly. And so 
I think the best response we can have for it is not, as you say, the instructions of the saints, is not to to react violently, to lash out, to punitively respond, no matter how much that may be in our in our instinct. The response is to find out what is it that this ideology is reacting to, and then to strengthen that and strangle the rest of this poisonous ideology. In the case of Africa, um, one of the reasons that this ideology can take hold is because it plays on people's response to deprivation um, and to hardship. And so one of the best things we can do is open up trade as much as possible. We can help build stable and strong economies, provide jobs, provide or to take away the incentive to join these fundamentalist crusades that organizations like Boko Haram benefit from. However, we in the United States don't realize how much we contribute to this with things like our farm bill and agricultural subsidies that deprive Africa of the opportunity for uh, agricultural independence, farm and food independence. Uh, We don't realize that our efforts in Ukraine funding these overseas wars are currently starving Africa and accelerating this problem. We don't pay enough attention to what our policies do and the consequences they have. I agree with you. I want to tell you, you know, uh, soon after February 19 and 2018, I want to salute a very common friend to you, I mean, and I hope to bring her on the show, Mrs. Denise Lagerson. Um I, I know you know her very well, and um, Wayne, I do not want to say too much. But um, on February 19, 2018, you know, Boko Haram attacked uh, uh, the girls' science and techni- technical school, I do believe, in uh, Dabchi, Yobi State, in Nigeria. And 110 girls were kidnapped by Boko Haram for sex slavery. And you just said something. And I've been attacked for, for, for things like that. And I am afraid, honestly. You know how afraid I am. But uh, I'm not going to be um, uh, fearful. Uh, it's okay to be afraid. But I'm not going to fall under the fear of the enemy. Intimidation, machetes. They try to hurt me in one way or the other. They try to make stories even to, to hurt me. Credibility and all of that. To shut me up, basically, yeah. right? But the message was, please let my people go. These kidnapped the people. These It was at the time those 100 and 10 girls. Five of them were yeah. raped and they were killed by Boko Haram. And 104 girls basically were returned to their families, except Leah Sharibu. Soon after, and she's, she was 14 years old, basically, um, um, at the time, or even, even less, um, Leah Sharibu had her 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th birthday while she is in the hands of Boko Haram. He sells her as a sex slave and treating her very bad for one reason, because she's the only girl who said, I'm not going to deny my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he declared her as a slave for life. We did talk to the White House. We brought her mother, Rebecca, and with a team from Nigeria um, to the White House. I had the, the, the dignity, the honor for God's sake, to be able to advocate for her. And now we have five another priests. They were kidnapped. Nobody talks about them in the United States. You have a population in Lebanon that is being starved. Um, and somehow, this morning I had a big problem. 250 elderly people were brought in front of a nursing home owned by the Sisters of St. Rafka, the Maronite Lebanese Sisters of St. Rafka, called Our Lady of Deliverance. Um, dozens of these elderly were summoned from another nursing homes which had to close because they can't afford any more food, so they brought them to the nuns and they left them in front of the door, just like the story of Marcellino Panevino, this famous Italian story. People would find the children and bring them up in front of the monasteries, and they told the sisters, you feed them. 
You give them to sleep. You take care of these elderlies. And I had to figure out a prog- program for them, Dr. Julian. This is what I was doing um, all this week with my beautiful team here and in Lebanon, and you um, included with your advisement that you've been given us. I want to thank you for all of that. You gave us a message of You're hope. You said, do not look for the reward. But God gave you ivory shoulders, shoulders, basically, and you have the strength to bear the burden that was put on us because we want to stand in solidarity with all these people. So I want our listeners to know the value of our work with the persecuted Christians from Nigeria to Lebanon, us here included inside the United States. You know how many doctors lost their jobs, the vaccine mandate, the pro-life, the pro-choice, people who speak and say, you know, we, uh, life is at conception. We here in Colorado have legislated for uh, the murder of a baby. It's okay as long as the umbilical cord is attached to the mother, even after birth, for God's sake. And this is what we wanted to cover initially, you and me. What is happening in Colorado in Roe versus Wade? Why is Colorado the very first state in 1973 after Roe versus Wade was basically made legal abortion? The first, the, the, Colorado takes an honor, takes in somehow pride that the very first crime that was committed as an official abortion, not being crime, happened in Colorado. And now it's the first state that allows the murder of the babies as long as the umbilical cord is attached to the mother. And somehow, we, we thank many religious leaders. It seems that the bishop in the state of Colorado, one way or the other, they said, well, those are people who voted as Catholic people, as you know, public policy makers, uh, as a pro-abortion. We ask him to refrain from Holy Communion. Basically, that's the statement that has came out. Even when we face those people, we face them still with this um, type of nice, clear, yet is that enough to save the life of billion babies that have already been killed and millions are being killed every year? The cowardice of our bishops is sort of unspeakable, I think. The Bishop of San Francisco, I, I, I think, deserves a great deal of applause when he deprived Nancy Pelosi of communion. And I understand the bishop's concern that the sacrament should not be used as a punitive weapon. However, in order to maintain any sort of meaning for them, if the doctrine of the faith is supposed to have any sort of meaning at all, it also has to have some coherent enforcement. And if the bishops are afraid of enforcing the message of protecting life, uh, then I'm not sure what they actually have conviction for. Uh, But this merely asking them to self to, to to refrain themselves from taking communion is i think an incredibly weak gesture people respond and we know this the law is not always the right tool to enforce things and abortion may be one of those cases where it would be impossible to enforce a prohibition a complete prohibition however social censure is probably the best tool that we have available for regulating human behavior. And if the bishops are not willing to censure those politicians who who continue to pass things like, for instance, the, uh, the Reproductive Health Equity Act, which was just signed by Governor Polis into law on April 4th of this year, in which abortion is enshrined in Colorado law, regardless of what happens to Roe v. Wade. Everyone in Colorado has the right to an abortion right up until the moment of birth, thanks to this act. And the Democratic-controlled Senate and House passed this overwhelmingly. And so, yes, I think the Catholic bishops in this state are exceedingly cowardly if they are afraid even to defend the right to life and issue social censure for those politicians who are willing to deprive people of this. 
I, I, I don't mean to attack our, our bishop. I'm already under a lot of attack and a lot of heat, for God's sake. But, you know, babies are, are being killed, and I do encourage. I thank our bishops, first of all. Thank you. Thank you so much. You protected the life of the unborn. You gave a voluntarily, voluntarily refrain from Holy Communion, it's called. I do believe they requested that the lawmakers voluntarily refrain from Holy Communion. Yes. Okay. A fundamental misunderstanding of what social censure is all about. Yes. Well, you may not attack the bishops, but I, I will say that they are absolute I, cowards. I, 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 can't, sort of I, I can't attack the bishops, Mr. Julian. I'm already, I'm already they, they smashed me, for God's sake. I'm being killed every day. And I, if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ, I appeal to the hearts of the bishop not to abuse their right, however, not to come with viciousness after me or ever after anybody who stands strong for, for life. I just uh, I appeal to their goodness of heart to please do not crush me. Please do not do anything to, to harm me more. I beg you, because that well, would be like a crime be against the humanity. The that would be really crime they, against the humanity. They, the Catholic Church has always been an interesting organization because the Catholic theologians have thought about virtually every question known to man, and they've done so for 2,000 years. There will always be an answer in the Catholic Church. Even if you don't agree with it, you can find an answer in the Catholic Church. The problem is ordinary Catholics know almost nothing about their faith, and the bishops do no favors to their congregation when they respond with such a tepid reply and say, please refrain from engaging in communion yourself if you're, if you're supporting abortion law. This is, that doesn't help persuade or educate the populace as to what their actual beliefs are. And if the Catholic hierarchy is, is happy to have a population that doesn't actually know what the church stands for, but just continues paying dues, then what good is the Catholic Church? Either it stands for something or not. When Pope Benedict came to power, he said he would prefer having a smaller and purer church, but one that actually stood for something and where people actually knew what they believed. This is one of those issues where it's, it's not exactly debatable in dogma, in dogma or any sort of doctrine. Do, do people fundamentally have the right to life? I, I want to ask if, you if about... If that's debatable, you don't have, actually have a church. I, you're a constitutional lawyer, and you know civil matters, you know criminal matters, you know constitutional matters, you know life from death, you know uh, death sentence. You know uh, uh, if a sin is a crime or a sin is a moral sin or mortal sin. Is abortion a crime, yes or no? Abortion is not a crime under Colorado law. No. Is abortion a crime in the new, you know, when they overturn Roe versus Wade? What would that overturning mean to the common citizen? Does if you take a baby and you slice them for God's sake, and they are in a trimester, and their umbilical cord is still attached to their mother, and the mother decides to kill that baby, is that a crime or yes. not a crime? Once the baby has exited the birth canal, then that would be uh, that would be a crime. But Colorado voted is not a crime. Colorado voted in the, it seems, Reproductive Health Equity Act. Is that what we're talking about, that the bishops reacted um, against? Is that right, Colorado's Reproductive Health Equity Act, uh, which is an extreme, most extreme abortion bills in the country, basically, that allows the murder of the babies at the trimester, even coming out of the womb of their mother. They still allow them to be, to be murdered. Does that make it okay that lawmakers in the state of Colorado, who, do they have this competence? They do. And it is, and this is why it's, it's so difficult. The way that we have defined abortion, and it doesn't redefine abortion in this act, um, but, and this is 
this is why partial birth abortions, and, and I don't know how much detail you want me to go into because frankly, describing this procedure, I've had students have to leave the room and vomit. I'm sorry, the, the, this is Sunday morning. It's a good Sunday morning with Father Andre and with God. We're talking about this topic, Dr. Julian and myself. We appeal to the citizens of Colorado. You know, there is a story. We have like four minutes still left, and I'd love to do another show with you, Dr. Julian. Um, uh, honestly, we have to go deeper. So Coloradans understand that on their behalf, given their consent, a law was made in Colorado that allows, and they call this partial birth of a baby, partial birth of a baby, that once even it comes out from a mother's womb, as long as it is attached to the mother, a mom can choose and say... The head has to be still in. That is, that's what I'm saying, is that once the head is delivered or the baby is fully delivered, that is considered a born baby. The law does not change that, as far as I can tell. However, it does quite simply prohibit the state from making any further restrictions on someone's right to an abortion. It doesn't change the definition of what an abortion is. But it prohibits the state from at all impeding someone's right to abortion. So once Roe v. Wade is overturned, and we expect that to happen in the next few days of this month, uh, then the state of Colorado's law would control. And as of April 4th, we have passed this Reproductive Health Equity Act that uh, asserts that every individual has the right to an abortion and that the state and all public entities are forbidden from restricting or in any way preventing someone from exercising that right to an abortion. Well, I, I want to thank you, Dr. Julian. It seems uh, the situation is difficult. It reminds us of... Uh, uh, the book of Joshua, you know, chapter 4 and chapter 5, uh, that speaks about uh, um, the, the, the enemy's most powerful city, which was Jericho, right? And uh, the soldier from heaven, the head of the that divine soldiers, come to Joshua. He was seen standing in front of the wall, and Joshua asked him, who are you? Are you from the enemy or are you from, from, with us? And then he tells him, neither. I am the captain of the host of the Lord, and I have just arrived. Then he orders Joshua to have seven priests with the Ark uh, of the Covenant and uh, a priest soldiers in front and back soldiers in the back of the Ark with the, um, with, with the horns going around, the ram horns going around the city every day for seven days, um, one time a day, and they blow the horn um, around the actual uh, wall of Jericho. And then on the seventh day, he tells them, well, go seven times this time around the wall, and the seventh time the wall is going to come down. I feel that this wall of Jericho needs to come down in the city of Denver, in the state of Colorado, in the country of the United States. I want to ask every prayerful person in the U.S., do pilgrimages around um, um, any place. I'm not going to be an activist, but I want to tell you, if we are to stand up for life and regain God trusting in our ability that we are fair partners with him despite our sin, despite our weaknesses, as Dr. Julian recommended in the beginning, see dreams from God. He inspires your heart. God gives us ivory soldier, sh shoulders because God knows we have the strength to bear the burden that is put on us. Do not look for the reward. Do not lament your losses or the people who persecute you, but stand in solidarity. Feed the poor. Give bread to the hungry. Give water to the thirsty. Free the people from prison. Be good hosts for the strangers. Protect the life of the unborn and stand up as a mystical body of Christ and face all type of fundamentalisms. And that's something Dr. Julian and myself, we will talk about, we want to make sure people understand that when we Christians face the challenges of death, we're not talking about Christian fundamentalism. Is that correct, Dr. Julian? You have less than 40 seconds, because that's dangerous, I do believe, right? If we have ideologies of Christian fundamentalism. Am I right? That's absolutely correct. 
So what is the Christian attitude to face these challenges besides the ones I know and I keep talking about the prayers, the exorcisms, uh, the sacrifices, the fasting? What well, else? I, I think that in this issue in particular, there is room for for fixing it. Because although the legislature passed this rather expansive abortion law, if you actually look at what the public favors, and the Pew Forum has some pretty good data on this, most people want to keep abortion somewhat legal because they understand that if the life of the mother is in danger or if the child is not viable, then there might be some reason for this, and so they don't want to pull prohibition. 60% of people will say that. Yet, if you make an exception in the law and say, we will understand if the life of the mother is in danger or if the child is not a viable pregnancy, we will allow abortion under those circumstances. If you say that much, 70, almost 70% of people will be all right with outlawing elective abortion and certainly late-term abortion. I see. And, and that, if you, if you limit that, if you put a, an early limit of 12 to 15 weeks on it, you get 70% of the population. So this is easily fixable with a voter initiative if, if one doesn't try to reach too far. Well, and I think most of the people would support that. At least that's a social way to start, uh, to bring back 70% of the people to tell them um, who believe that if the mother's health is not in danger, save the life of the baby. Let us appeal to these people so they stop the murder of the innocent uh, and take sovereignty over someone else's body and life, which is God's gift to all of humanity and to us in this country. May God bless us. May God protect us from all evil on this Sunday of the Most Holy Trinity. May the light and the glory of heaven and the power of heaven be with all of us against the powers of hell that no gates of hell shall prevail against us in the name of jesus christ amen thanks for joining us today for good sunday morning with father andre father andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in lebanon every month go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories employ truckers to ship the food all to let these families know they are not forgotten Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.